0: Hi, this is Jack Hillgrove, sports anchor with WTOV, and you're watching Dingo Talk. You wanna know now? You wanna know now? You wanna know now? You wanna know? You wanna know? You wanna
1: What's going on, chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. this is Dingo Talk. My guest, Jack Hillgrove. You guys might remember the a couple weeks ago we had his grandfather, Bill Hillgrove, on the show. Jack is a sports is the sports anchor, weekend sports anchor with Channel Nine, correct? WTOV Nine in Steubenville.
0: Yep. Thanks for having me, Carlo. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks fun. for stopping by, man. So uh, let's let's unpack some things. So you're a uh, you're a Baldwin guy, um, but you're South Baldwin, that area. So there's there's a line, and you went to this school, but. So walk me through um, senior year 2017. How do you end up with Wayne? How do you end up going to Waynesburg? Why
0: Waynesburg? Well, it it ends up actually before 2017 Carlo. It goes back to the summer of 2015. Um, That school year after my sophomore year, that would have been is when I kind of really figured out that I wanted to do broadcasting um, I kind of committed to this field earlier on, maybe a couple of years before that I thought I might want to be a, a writer, a sports writer, and I got involved with the newspaper uh, at Baldwin High School my freshman year, and that, and I, it's not like the interest in that went away, it's just that it kind of steered me towards the broadcast aspect of it, TV, radio, things of that nature. So I, I went to my PAP the one day, my sophomore year was towards the spring, and I told him you know, I want to do what you do that. that I want to do that. I want to be a play-by-play announcer. I want to be on TV. I want to be on the radio. And Mm -hmm. he said, okay, a couple of weeks go down the road. And he says, you know, there's a sports announcing camp at Waynesburg university. I'm a guest speaker there every year I'm going and you're going and I'm paying for it. And I said, okay, who the heck's Lanny for Terry and who the heck is where the heck is Waynesburg university. And I say that it's not that, you know, Lanny was done with the Pirates in 2008. I was a big football kid growing up. And you and I both know that the Pittsburgh Pirates struggled, you know, in those years of me being in elementary school. And by the time they got good in 2013, Lanny was obviously long gone. So I wasn't too familiar with Lanny's work. Um, Maybe a little bit more familiar with, obviously, my pap and Mike Lang and things of that nature. I knew of him, just not totally, totally familiar. And I had no idea where Waynesburg was. I think I had a friend in elementary school who his brother played football there. But uh, I go down there. and, And to be honest with you, I was pretty scared. Like, I was an only child. I'm an only child growing up. I really had never been anywhere without my family before. And the thought of going away for a week only being 16 years old was a little nerve wracking Mm -hmm. Uh, and I got to Waynesburg University that week in June and I I fell in love with the campus. Uh, It was almost instantaneous, really. Lanny was so welcoming. The students at the time that were the counselors uh, were very welcoming. Kyle Dawson, who's the current voice of the Washington Wild Things, was my camp counselor. And fast forward, what, six years later, here we are. He's one of my closest friends. And, you know, a bunch of those other guys that were there as well were super welcoming. And as the week went on, the the faculty and the staff that kind of assisted in all the exercises that we did too which was nice about that was when I ended up going to Waynesburg I had already known those people I Mm -hmm. say okay I have Richard Krause for my he's my department chair and he teaches a couple of classes he taught me how to score baseball at sports announcing camp Uh, I started taking radio classes Doug Wilson uh, was my radio professor he was teaching me how to read a radio script during the sports announcing camp so there was a lot of familiarity there Um, And I fell in love with the small campus. I fell in love with Greene County. And um, when I got there on the fall of 2017, I ended up meeting my roommate, at DeOrio, who I work with now at WTOV-9. Um, over our senior year on Facebook, and we became roommates, and he and I, along with a couple of others, we've formed a really close group of friends that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world, so I'm really glad I chose Waynesburg University, and to be completely honest with you, if I didn't attend that camp in 2015, I don't know how quickly I would have found it, or um, I, I owe everything to me finding Waynesburg to the Lanny Sports Announcing Camp, that's for sure. So let's unpack because you did a lot of things when you were at Waynesburg,
1: right? You were you were yeah. part of the radio, you were part of the TV. You did a lot with the green with uh, I, th- I believe it's the Green County Network. They do a right. lot of high green school sports. sports. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so at, you went to school. You're going to be a broadcaster. I also saw you. Had a, is that part of the major? The sports information, uh, sports broadcasting,
0: and sports information. Yeah, it's funny. So I was, our class was the last class that had, we called we called it SIBC for short. It was communication with emphasis in sports broadcasting, sports information. They had since restructured the curriculum and have kind of separated the two. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I forget what they called it. Cause I, I still stuck with the sports broadcasting, sports information curriculum. I didn't feel like changing over. I thought it would be too much of a headache when they um, reorganized everything, but you could kind of pick which aspect you wanted to go into. Um, So I think what they did was, you know, if you wanted to do sports media or sports information, the curriculum was kind of tailored to each side. Mm -hmm. So if you chose the sports broadcasting part of it, Lanny's classes were on your required curriculum. If you chose the sports information side, they weren't. And what I had was, it was all kind of lumped into one and you kind of pick and chose where you went as far as that went. So sports information was the back half of my, the title of my major but I I really didn't dabble in a whole lot of that I've definitely focused on the broadcasting side for sure so
1: let's go through some of those broadcasts is there a broadcast that sticks out to you that like when you think
0: of college it just pops or what's that well yeah I I think so um there's a couple um when it comes to Waynesburg University unfortunately the football team wasn't as uh, good as I'm sure that they would like to be. So there wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, a couple of my friends that I was telling you about that were counselors at the sports announcing camp were on campus when Waynesburg upset W and J in 2014, I believe it was. And, you know, they, they talk about that being like the greatest day in the history of Waynesburg's campus. I didn't have a memorable game like that, so to speak, uh, but there are definitely a couple. The first time that I announced baseball, with Lanny was interesting. That was with the Trib Live High School Sports Network. A little nerve-wracking, but at the same time, um, you're sitting there trying to call a game, and i the thought in my head is, I'm announcing baseball as a 21-year-old kid who's never announced a professional game in his life. And here's a guy next to me that did it for over 30 years and did it over 10,000 times and at the professional level. And was recognized by the major leagues as a broadcast, you know, award Mm -hmm. after award and things like that. Um, So, and and as my mentor, it was also kind of a live critique session because when we would do games, Lanny would go back and listen to them with us and critique us while we were in a one-on-one session. So doing the game with him, He's writing down stuff that I'm saying, and I could tell glancing over, I'm like, what's he writing, what's he writing, and then we went over it after the broadcast, but ironically enough, that was the night before I started my internship with the Washington Wild Things as their number two broadcaster, and I am thankful for that, and while he might have ripped me to shreds on some things, Uh, And of course it was all out of the fact that he cared. It's not like he's a mean guy or anything like that. He wants his whole focus is trying to make you better as a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. Um, But that night was fantastic because it gave me a baseline on where I was as a baseball announcer. And I had a whole summer and over 50 home games with the wild things to improve upon that. I really think that I did. Uh, And I was really, really thankful for that. Um, The first time I got to announce football on the radio was really special. That was Waynesburg's homecoming game in 2019, And it was special for me because obviously my grandfather has made a living out of calling football games on the radio. So for me to be able to do that one for the first time was special. It was, I think the first football game that I really did play by play for, because I didn't start with Trib live football until that fall too. So it was kind of being all roped into one. I was really enjoying it. And, um. The third one that sticks out, I was uh, the broadcaster. We, well, there were four of us because it was a doubleheader, as you know, in the PACs for basketball. One of the four broadcasters, uh, my partner Dylan and I, Dylan also works with us at WTOV9. We were the um, first game, the women's game, and we were the first broadcasters for our new HD production trailer. Before that, everything was still in standard definition with our uh, Waynesburg University Sports Network Productions. Mm-hmm. Um band-aid after band-aid the equipment just stopped working and there were some delays with getting the trailer to us in time we really didn't in time um w- like we were supposed to like our hd studio was done for the fall of 2019 we didn't get our truck until february of 2020 and we got to do two games with it and then obviously in march of 2020 covid happened and we were sent home but um that was really special to kind of christen um the new hd trailer and be able to show and be the voice and be the face on the camera for the first time that people are seeing this for the public because obviously high definition, it makes it look night and day. And that that was really special to be a part of. And even, you know, setting up and tearing down with the crew that was, especially afterwards, after what we accomplished was really special too. So you talked
1: about Lanny in the way that he is, and you have the firsthand experience with him as a professor and him being a mentor, as you said. What is a a typical, like the one-on-one sessions? He talked a little bit in his episode about what he hopes to do. What's it like on the other side? What's it like sitting on the other side of that and hearing him kind
0: of give you the critiques? And I will start by saying that every ounce of what he said and how he delivered it, I could tell that he cared. Um, My roommate produced a terrific documentary for his capstone project about Lanny And I was interviewed in it. And that's one of the things that I talked about was his care for me was as strong as the first day that he wanted to recruit me to come to Waynesburg. And so I put on that cap and gown and graduated. Uh, There was no drop off. The guy cares about his students. With that being said, because he cares about his students, he can come off a little tough, a lot of tough love, I think is the most appropriate way to put it. You're sitting across from him one-on-one in his office. He's got the, uh, the, the, the broadcast pulled up the mp3 or most of the time it was radio so it was an mp3 and he's not the best guy with technology so he's fiddle around with the pause and play button and he sits there and he'll listen and he'll like how this he, you know, sometimes he'll put his hand right here and he'll be listening he'll be listening he'll hear something he'll take a second he'll hit pause and then he'll look at you and he'll look at you for about three or four seconds and then say something and you know it too because you hear it you are hearing for what he you're hearing for the screw-ups he hears it. And he'll be like, well, why'd you say it like this? And you know that it might not have been the correct way to word something or the correct way to describe something. And you're just like, I don't know. But then it's not like, well, why, why, why? It's what happened here? Here's what you should have done. Next time, do this. Mm -hmm. And Those stern sessions, those tough love sessions really instill those. Live instructions, live critiques, what he would rather you say or what you, he thinks is the correct way to say it into your head, and you can remember it for the next time. So, when an instance like that happens, mm-hmm. it's there. So, the one time I, I, it was actually during a baseball broadcast, it was a double steal. Strike three, guy swung and missed, strike three, or not double steal, double play, strike three, throw down to second, guys out, inning over, completely butchered it. And he kind of broke down the way that it should be described in a way that I can understand it. And that way, when the way he says it, the next time I would see something like that, the play happens a lot smoother, a lot slower to me. And I know, and I'm prepared on how to say it. So Mm -hmm. he did a fantastic job, not just with me. I'm sure a lot of my classmates um, before and after me would say the same thing. He's just, you know, a world-class guy and I'm more than blessed to be able to learn from him for four years. So when you're in Waynesburg, is there a, so like
1: in Bethany, we have chambers. It's the general store. You get a breakfast sandwich or a cup of coffee, whatever. Do you have a place in Waynesburg that everybody kind of goes in the mornings or breakfast? What's what's social life like for you guys down there in Waynesburg?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um- I did not eat a whole lot at the one dining hall on campus. So there's the dining hall and then the beehive and the beehive was more like a grab and go type thing. And I'm sure, as you know, uh, with, as a communication student in college, the schedule is absolutely crazy. <laughs> a lot of um, grab and go. A lot of grab and go, a lot of wafting down and, and heading to your next assignment. But they improved the beehive going into my junior year, I believe it was where it was more like a deli line they, they had they put kiosks and it was like a you know a get-go or a sheets mto kind of thing they okay. put a starbucks in there and then they adjusted our meal plans our senior year and gave us flex dollars which was fantastic because then you could spend your flex dollars at starbucks to get coffee um supposed to be chick-fil-a they have the chick-fil-a now there were some construction delays and things of that nature we were supposed to get it i never had it as a student was really upset about it Um, and then they added a, like a little, um, kiosk store, kind of like a, in a hotel where you go in and there's like stuff on the wall and you scan and you walk out. And that was great because if I was, that's right across, that's in the Stover Campus Center, which is, you know, you can hit, um, the communications building with a pitching wedge from where it was and short walk. And if I'm in Buell hall all day doing stuff, I can hop over there, grab a soda, grab uh, bag of chips grab some candy scan it use my flex dollars head back and I have some snacks so that was good um, that was nice to have and then the, they improved the menu at the beehive too which was really nice and um, yeah I mean and then as far as social life um, my, my buddies and I we we would pile in a dorm room and watch WWE on Monday nights and Friday nights and pay-per-views and things of that nature big sporting events and uh, March Madness was our favorite we would go to the dollar store and get poster board and write out the brackets and pile in a room with three TVs may or may not have skipped classes to watch basketball all day um yeah we had while we worked we worked hard I worked hard at Wadesburg uh you know to get where I am today but I had a lot of fun with my friends and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world Well,
1: the reason I asked about the social aspect and where you guys kind of go is because we've come to that point in part one where I have to send it to our sponsor, Chambers General Store, because if Chambers doesn't have it, you don't need it. If you're ever in Bethany, make sure you stop. You can get all the tools you need. You can get a sandwich, you can get toilet paper or whatever else you need on the way out. Um, They also have a T-shirt and they have two T-shirts. One's the Shrimp Capital of the World shirt, uh, which Bethany is known for and the uh chambers general store if they don't have it you don't need it um it's in red or maybe it's in i I think it's in waynesburg orange now i think that's his color he put out um but that's part one i'm carla guadagnino this is jack hillgrove this is dingo talk and we'll be right back chuckleheads You're watching another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded deep in the hidden lair in Bethany, West Virginia. Or when you visit, make sure you stop by Chambers General Store, grab one of our hot breakfast sandwiches made fresh all day. Don't forget the biscuits and gravy or one of the daily lunch specials. And if none of that trips your trigger, cold cut sub sandwiches and wraps made fresh all day to your order. Hey, and don't be the only alumni on the block that doesn't have the Chambers if. You, we don't have it, you don't need it, T-shirt or the latest edition of the Bethany West Virginia Shroom Capital of the World in the Psychedelic Green. Hey, now back to you, Carlo. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Jack Hillgrove. The show is Dingo Talk. Um, in the first part, we talked to Jack about being from South Baldwin, making his way to Waynesburg um we didn't bring up the fact that he never had the makings of a varsity athlete but that's we'll get I'm sure we'll get to that eventually um so let's talk about some internships because for our specifically our degrees that's where you make your you 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 get your teeth uh kind of sharpened um you started with the wild things that was your 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 first internship
0: how did you end up going to that? Uh, the wild things in Waynesburg university have always had a great relationship. Uh, In part one, I was talking about our sports announcing camp, the culmination always of the sports announcing camp, because it runs Monday to Friday. They leave on Friday, but Thursday night, the campers, they take the Waynesburg truck up to the wild things ballpark and they broadcast a couple of innings of a wild things game. Um, And you kind of prepare all week for that. So the the university and the the organization have had a great relationship. Um, My good friend, I was talking about in part one, Kyle Dawson, their award-winning broadcaster, um, was the voice of their team in 2019, had been for a couple of years at that point, um, posted the internship. And, you know, despite him being my friend, I still had to go through the process. I still had to, you know, interview. I still had to submit my tape. Mm-hmm. And he told me after I got the job, after I was awarded the internship, because, you know, obviously with my grandfather announcing football and basketball, my first passions are football and basketball. So I told him in my, he's like, you know, talk about your, really your interest in announcing baseball. And I said, to be honest with you, baseball would probably be like the third most one I would want to do for a living. And then after I awarded the internship, Kyle told me, he's like, to be honest with you, when you said that, you know, baseball wasn't like a huge interest in the way that you worded it, it was, you know, kind of a turnoff. And I'm like, okay, constructive interview tips and things of that nature. It was really great. Um, And then Yeah, I started with them uh, for their season in 2019. A a good buddy of mine that graduated a year ahead of me, Mitch Montani, had my internship in 2018 when they were a game away from winning their first Frontier League championship. And in my internship in 2019, they had the worst record in franchise history. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it was still a very enlightening experience. Like I said, Kyle's an award-winning broadcaster. He's terrific, not just as a play-by-play guy for baseball, but he Um, And I'm sure you know, too, that it's you're a one man operation in the Frontier League when it comes to media. He's producing the game notes. He's, you know, contacting with other teams, broadcasters and coordinating things that way, being accommodating to visiting media because there's been instances like that where writers from teams of out of town will come in. You know, like I said, producing game notes and, you know, his job in the front office with the wild things, too. He just got promoted. Um, very well-deserved promotion. He's the, one of the assistant general managers with the club now. But like I said, that internship was great. I learned how to announce baseball by doing it. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the, the other people that you've had on related to this field have said you can't, there's only so much, and Lanny was terrific in the classroom, but there's only so much he can instill in you when you're taking notes. You got to get out there and do it. And for 48 home games, and then I was able to go on the road for a road trip for three over 50 games, I got better. I got a heck of a lot better at announcing baseball and that kind of springboarded me into the following summer doing um, baseball for a pop-up collegiate league during the pandemic. And I was really confident with that. And, you know, baseball announcing for the Trib Live High School Sports Network in Waynesburg and all that stuff. I didn't really think of myself of having a potential future in baseball announcing, but that internship with the Wild Things, I think if you listen to game one versus game 51, I was – a completely different guy. And I was really grateful for the opportunity, not so much just for the fact that I got to announce baseball every day, but the people in Kyle, outside of Kyle, general manager, Tony Bucilli and staff at the Wild Things are awesome people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kept in contact with them and, and I'm are, are good friends with a lot of those people that are still over there today. And uh, I'm really happy that I was able to put them on my, intern, on my resume uh, for my first internship. And that would have been in between my sophomore and junior years, so yeah, 2019. And then from there you get. You said you had the the collegiate
1: league as well, but to get into the collegiate league, you had a part time gig
0: with the Fan ninety three seven The Fan in Pittsburgh. How did that come about? Um, you know, it's not about what you know; it's about who you know. And uh, the on site producer for Pitt football games for years um is pj komanchik who is i believe his title is he's the news director at kdka radio but obviously those two are affiliated um he would approach he had approached me about there being a part-time producer position available and i knew pj because um you know i worked with my grandfather during pit football games as a spotter ever since i was eight years old which has been an, an awesome experience um, so he's in the booth. I'm in the booth. He's known me for years and approached me about that opportunity. And originally that job was supposed to be for um, on-site producing for the pre-game and post-game shows for the Pirates broadcasts, which they do outside of Federal Street. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed and was offered the job in February of 2020, thinking I was going to be um, a producer for the pre-game and post-game shows for the 2020 Major League season. And obviously, uh, COVID hit and the season didn't start until June. And when it did, they did everything in house. But luckily the week before the world fell apart, that first week of March, I got producer training in the studio. I was, um, working with, uh, Bill Steinbach, who's still there. And he trained me during the Paul's Zeiss show. And I was on the board from Monday to Friday, five to 11. And I got training and comfortable in that. So when everything happened and everything shut down, and they needed people to produce. They knew that I had was already trained, and they had put me on the schedule. A lot of that didn't happen to a lot of people. A lot of people didn't work that way. So, and I was really fortunate to get that training when I did. And it kind of just shifted into me being a producer um at the fan because, you know, they didn't start I don't think they started going back down to Federal Street for the pre and post until this year. Yeah, um, so I was kind of a fill-in weekend mornings. um was ever on the weekend morning schedule? um and then, worked with Paul Zeiss a lot. And then if anybody would call off, um, I would fill in there um, for the last couple of weeks of the year going into 2021. In December of 2020, it was um, the Cook and Joe's producer took a couple of weeks of vacation, filled in on that show. A lot of fun. Uh, I've had the opportunity to produce the PM team a couple of times before I ended up leaving for Steubenville, which was a lot of fun. I, I there's I don't have a bad thing to say about any of the people that currently work there. They were so helpful, so patient, and, you know, I would screw up behind the board, press a button that wasn't supposed to get pressed, it happens, and, you know, they were very patient, very helpful, um, and very Um, accommodating when it came to, you know, obviously I'm a young person in this business and they were very helpful. I felt like I could have gone to every single person that worked there for advice, for critique, for a reference, and they would have been able to do so. And I'm still uh, in in touch with a couple of them today. And and it's been, um, it was a really awesome experience to be able to do that too. So um, especially, you know, growing up, listening to the station, you know, I'd be like eight, eight, not well, no, I was like 12 when the station surfaced, Deepening my voice and calling into talk shows to sound like an adult and not some little kid. Uh, And then I got to be able to work there for over a year. It it was fantastic and I was really grateful for the time that I had there. And then uh, not to go very long winded but um, that led into the collegiate league. So once stuff kind of was eased up a little bit in May of 2020 with restrictions, um, a former Pitt baseball player Connor Perry, and all American baseball, an organization out in Westmoreland County um where they got together and they started a collegiate league got the ground up and they said hey we want to get media coverage of this Mm -hmm. and call it i forget how it worked the morning show colin dunlap knew connor from somewhere i think that they might have he might have interviewed him at some point um because he was kind of a journeyman in college started uh low school juco to pit and ended up getting drafted by the tigers Um, so he knew Colin he'd reached out to Colin and said hey we want you know we want these games to be broadcasted can the fan do them and Colin was like probably not but I know a guy and he had texted me and put me in contact with Connor and I got their little network off of the ground and I did um, they played Monday through Thursday I think it was and I did all their games off of um, uh, Mixler was the the radio software if you're familiar um, and just did uh, live audio for their collegiate baseball games. And it was fantastic. I got to see a lot of good talent. Um, Troy Laneve plays at Vanderbilt. He was in the college world series a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nico Popo was a standout at Pitt um Joe Rock is now a pitcher in the um, Colorado Rockies organization got to see him pitch great talent a lot of division one a lot of division two PSAC guys and it was cool too because there were some high school kids coming in you know that were going to be either seniors in high school or just got out of high school Mm -hmm. getting ready to not playing college ball yet going up against division one guys and a lot of them held their own and it was a lot of fun to do and of course I was able to get my chops and what during a time um when it didn't look like that if you would have told me you know when I got sent home from college uh in the middle of March of 2020 that I'd have the opportunity to announce baseball this summer I would have said you're crazy it's there's no way but I got to and it was fantastic so um shout out to Colin Dunlap for putting me in contact with those guys to make it happen well and so so now you've graduated
1: you you had the part-time job with the fan you as you're finishing that up and you make the move to Steubenville why the move to Steubenville and then also congratulations, because I know about roughly about a month ago, two months ago, you moved to full-time on the weekends, correct? Yeah. So congratulations you, exactly. on that.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah. So college, especially my spring semester, my senior year, because I was the executive producer of our sports network. And I was telling you before we started part two that my schedule was nuts. Like they moved the PAC and moved all of its athletics into the spring of 2021. So we had Nine basketball broadcasts into three home football broadcasts. And I was just gassed. The pandemic took a lot out on me too. The lockdowns, virtual learning. I kind of told myself and I was very comfortable at the fan. Um, I was getting the hours that I had liked. My parents weren't in any hurry to kick me out of the house anytime soon. So I knew that I could graduate from college, work my three, four days a week at the fan and kind of take a little bit of time to figure it out and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Dylan Cleland, who again, works with us at wtov nine graduated in December. He was, I forget his timetable, but ended up long story short, accepting a job offer with WTOV as the weekend anchor in, I think at the, around the beginning of June. And by this point, I'm still, this is only a month after we'd walked for graduation. So, you know, I'm happy for Dylan, but I'm kind of still set on what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then things I, from what I might've been able to understand during the hiring process is that they might've had a hiring freeze get lifted. And our news director um, was reaching out and, and receiving applications for multi- multimedia journalists and has a great relationship with Lanny. At the start of, like when I started at WTOV last July, we had nine Waynesburg alums working at the station three reporters, a couple of videographers, and a couple of directors and master control operators too. And a couple of since left for greener pastures, but we had just hired, one of them was an intern turned into a a part-time MMJ and one's now a director. So uh, there's a great relationship there with Lanny and the comm department and our TV station, which is awesome. Our news director knew that. And I get a call, I'm sitting there one night at nine o'clock i think watching the pirate game or playing video games or something and dylan had already been working there for a couple of weeks and it's a, a 740 number mm-hmm. and i'm like oh, steubenville okay well dylan works in steubenville pick the phone up i say hello this is jack I mean, it's my 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 uh trademark thing when i answer the phone and i don't recognize the number hey jack this is don sloan news director with wtov9 blah 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 and we start having this conversation and it was a very Relaxed conversation. Don's a great guy. I'm really fortunate to work for him and Tim McCoy, our general manager. It's a great place to be right now for me, Um, and I couldn't be happier with with where I am. And then towards the end, he had talked to me about and kind of invited me to apply for one of the open MMJs. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. Dylan works there. And then towards the end of the conversation, Don's like, yeah, it's a little late now, but I think I'm going to reach out to Ed DiOrio tomorrow. I'm like, oh, okay. Ed DiOrio, Dylan Cleland, Jack Hillgrove, we were the three stooges, the three musketeers. If wherever one of us was, the other one or both of us, we were inseparable in college. Best friends, still are to this day. And the way things worked out, Ed signed to be a MMJ. I signed to be a multimedia journalist. Dylan was already here. And about a month later, Dylan's about a month onto the job. And Ed and I start around the same time, walking into the building together. And it's funny because... You know, we're balling our eyes out the night before graduation, like, never gonna see you again. Jigs up, we're done, we're gonna go our separate ways. You know how the business works, you never know who's gonna go where. Um, a bunch of, of people that I know that have left and gone across the country, mm-hmm. uh, even for, for work. So, those possibilities are in the air. I'm thinking, you know, I'm not gonna see them as frequently as I am. Um, month later, month and a half later, we all work together, and I live with one of them. I don't live with Dylan because Dylan had already moved out here by before Ed and I were in contact. Ed's rooms across the hall. Um it's it's a great place to be and I was in news for 8 months give or take um and then once uh, our Belmont County bureau reporter Belmont County Ohio bureau reporter left, Ed and I kind of tag teamed the bureau and, and coverage down in Belmont County for a while and then at the start of 2022 I was down there five days a week from January until about the end of March, early April. And I come back from the Belmont Bureau and I I was doing sports fill in. I was able to anchor sports over Christmas when the weekend guy at the time and our sports director, Rob, were off over the Christmas holiday. Um, The way it shook out the the one weekend um, crazy basketball coverage in March, I was able to anchor on a Saturday then to covering football, covering basketball, covering baseball um once or twice a week so they knew that I was familiar with sports and I come back from a day in the news bureau in Belmont County and Don Sloan takes me into his office and says you know the weekend sports anchor job is going to open are you interested in applying for it and I was like yes because sports is where I want to be and I went through another interview process and a couple of weeks later I was offered the position and now since the second or third week of April, um, I've officially moved over full time as the weekend sports anchor and weekday sports reporter. And it's been a blast. Um, you know, I, I was raving about Don and Tim. Our sports director, Rob, is a, another fantastic guy to work with and work for. Um, you know, just a guy that's done it in this area for a really long time. And our news director, Don. I forget what year it was, 2015, 2016, he became the news director. But before that, he was the sports director and sports anchor at WTOV. And Rob was his weekend anchor. So Mm -hmm. when Dog became news director, Rob became sports director. So those guys have a great relationship. Um, And another guy that I can rave of all day about too is Bill Phillips, a guy that did sports in Pittsburgh for uh, over a decade and was able to come back. He did it in Steubenville, left from Steubenville to go to Pittsburgh. And it was – Um, a smooth transition for him because back then our station was owned by Cox media who owns WPXI now. So they were, we were technically sister stations with WPXI because we were owned by the same parent company. So Bill was able to go there. And then he came back in 2016 to kind of be around the family more as kids were growing up and and he was able to come back and anchor the news in the mornings. And he's been super helpful, just the nicest guy in the world. And I, I could go on and on about everybody, Um, Rich Pierce, who just left us a couple of weeks ago to be a reporter at WPXI, I was a sports guy coming in, didn't really do a whole lot of news in college, and he was so helpful, And, and Rich Pierce is the consummate professional consummate news professional an awesome guy was really helpful not just the he wasn't the only helpful guy but you know he was in the newsroom each day as the main anchor and I could go to him with anything and he was very helpful and this is a great place to be and I'm just ha- I'm really happy to be here it's 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 been a blast what do they say choose a job you love and you won't work a day in your life there were news days where things were a little stressful and I wanted to go home but ever ever since <laughs> I've uh, moved over to sports I'm like I get up and and go cover high school, a high school baseball game or high school track. Like I had to get up last Saturday at 6am and go cover high school track, but I was outside all day on a beautiful day, you know, covering sports and doing what I love. And it's just, it's been a blast. So you've talked about
1: your, since you were eight years old being a spotter for your grandfather, uh, being in the, in the, in the, in the box with him, talking sports with him, obviously going to him and saying like, I want to do this. Um, What, impact did he have in you in you as a broadcaster and what advice is he given you now that you're into the professional side of things
0: yeah um there, there's I, I, I get speechless sometimes because I, I I'm so blessed for not just to have Bill Hillgrove as my grandfather wanting to be a broadcaster to have him met my grandfather period I mean he is just the sweetest man ever and just the nicest guy like if there's one bigger thing you know there's a lot of things about the business that he has taught me and that it has helped me mm. but if there's another thing outside of the he just you know taught me to be a kind human being and and be you know talk to everybody he will talk to every there's been times where if we're staying at our family house at conneaut lake and we order a pizza and he'll walk to the front door to pay the pizza guy He's out there on the front porch with the pizza guy, ten for ten minutes talking about the Steelers. He loves it. He loves talking to people, loves talking to fans, and, and loves telling stories. Um, but I'd say the biggest impact that he's had on me as a young broadcast—I got to sit next to him and watch him call a football game as his spotter. And for those of, for your listeners and watchers that don't know, he prepares spotter boards, he prepares player charts that are in front of me. And I watch the game through binoculars and since obviously high up in the press box, he's not going to be able to see everything. So if player makes a catch-all point player makes a tackle all point so he can look at it and know who made the play and be able to call it quickly. Um, and there'd be times where I would miss stuff and he'd get PO'd at me because I'm just sitting there watching him just do his thing, just watching him, you know, keep a running. And, and Lanny has talked about this too. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to adopt it, not because, you know, I'm saying I'm, you know, great or anything, but I've watched him do it and I've watched him do it for years. Um, He keeps a running play-by-play during football broadcasts. He has a legal pad that he splits a column in two and has one team on each side, one team on each, then the other side. And he'll write down the down, the distance and where the ball is. And then in the margin next to it, right, what happened, we'll abbreviate very quickly what happened on the play. So if it's a four, if they start first and 10 from the twenty-five. He'll write 1 10 25. And then if it's a four yard run by Najee Harris, he'll like write N H five, five yard run. And then second, five thirty, and do it all the way down the field. And then he's able to tell very quickly how many plays, how many yards. It's, it's, and watching him just do it, look up call it i'm just like what are you like what are you doing like have you ever seen that clip of Vamon Schumper talking about playing against kobe in the fourth quarter yeah he's like what are you on that's that was me watching him i'm like what are you doing right now how are you doing all this um and i learned a lot just by watching him and hearing him and listening to him but uh, advice and he'll go back and listen to my broadcasts and there are things that i implement that he does verbiage the uh the way to describe things and while I think that works for me, he's like, you know, I love you, but you're not me. That's his thing. He's the biggest advice. Not that he just gives to me, gives to everybody. You are, you be yourself. If you try and spend your young career imitating oh, Jim Nance, Bob Costas, Bill Hillgrove, Lanny for whoever you, that's not you. And you won't be able to find your identity as a broadcaster. So find things that work for you and become yourself. Don't become me, so to speak. Don't become my grandfather, become Jack Hillgrove. Don't become Bill Hillgrove because you got to be yourself. And I'm sure you've heard that advice too. You can't succeed in this business without being yourself. And that's, that's just been the biggest, the biggest advice, not that he's just given me, but Lanny and other professionals too. So on the
1: advice path, you're talking to a 18, 19, 20 year old kid. They're trying to make a decision on where they want to go in the communications field. It's going to be in broadcasting. What is your advice for them?
0: Go to Waynesburg and learn from Lanny for Terry. (laughs) It's a good pitch. I I, I could, I could rave up and down about my time at Waynesburg. And there's a bunch of of institutions across locally, especially around Pittsburgh. Um, You know, obviously Bethany, Duquesne, Robert Morris Pitt. as of late, the last couple of years, they've become with their studios, Um, They've become a a pretty solid choice there. Uh, And then out this way, Ohio U, Kent State, there's a ton of institutions. Find what what works for you, where it works for you, and get involved. Be a pest. Be annoying. Be that freshman on campus that, you know, not annoying in a sense where people might not like you, but ask, find out who the general manager of your college TV station is. Find out who the general manager of your college radio station is. And what you can do, the editor, student editor of the newspaper, find out who they are, meet them, shake their hand, make your presence known, and ask them, What can I do? And do it, and just simply do it and progress. It was a little bit easier for us at Waynesburg as underclassmen to do that because of how small our department was, and we just knew everybody. Mm-hmm. But I did, I would not have been able to go. Um, and be where I am today, and do what I did at Waynesburg without, you know, by just going to class and going back to my dorm room and listening to music and playing video games. I got involved with the TV station, working crew. Got to be talent when I could as an underclassman. Got an hour shift in the radio booth. Wrote a couple of articles for the student newspaper. Flash forward two years down the road, as a junior and an upperclassman in a leadership role on the sports director of our new radio station. I'm um, leading our student broadcasts for greensports.net, uh, a Trib Live affiliate. Um, and then a year later, I become you know, the executive producer of the Sports Network. And I'm, in, I'm one of the top leaders in the department. And it's all because I got involved. You can't do this business and be want to be, be successful in this business without getting involved. So, you know, if you're an 18, 19, if you're figuring out what you want to do in this business, go somewhere where you think that you can succeed find out who's in charge and, you know, be their best friend <laughs> that, and, and get involved. That That's my biggest advice.
1: And before we end this, I have to clarify. I said something at the beginning of part two uh, that Jack didn't have the makings of a varsity athlete. That's not me
0: taking a stab at anybody. Well, I did, that's why I think it fits because I didn't. I mean, I got, I got cut from the basketball team in middle school. I was a very average high school athlete. I played golf. Wasn't very good. Played volleyball. Wasn't very good. So I think it fits. But go ahead. It does fit. It does (laughs) fit. Um, Let's. Let me. I'm gonna. We're gonna finish on this.
1: If you had to pick one character that died in The Sopranos, who are you bringing back? And one character that didn't die that probably should have.
0: Well, if you're thinking about watching the show, turn us off now. The spoiler alerts three, two, one. I think the obvious answer of who died that you would want to bring back is Christopher. I My jaw was on the floor seeing that for the first time. And I'll go in and say it's probably my favorite TV show. I've binged The Sopranos four times now. And it's the, the ending is so popular. It's so controversial. I knew the way that it ended, but the way that I saw everything leading up to, it was like seeing the ending for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know anything in between. I didn't really know a whole lot about the characters. I knew who Tony Soprano was because James Gandolfini's an icon. But I'd have to bring back Christopher. And I'm trying to think who's there at the end. It's AJ for me. AJ could have just...
1: Really?
0: Yeah. yeah. Annoying.
1: He just, you're Tony Soprano's kid and you're just the whiniest
0: little thing. Like, yeah. I, and I, I think the argument there too is just like obviously his, the, his Tony Soprano's biggest antagonist is himself with all of the everything that he goes through, you know, mentally. He you know, visits with Doctor Melfi. and I think AJ's just lack of interest in life, I guess, is the best way to put it, is another layer to Tony Soprano that just makes him break down and 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 have those panic attacks. So I think that that his character's value there. But if you're gonna look at like people that have that impact on him. Carmella and obviously his mother outweighed AJ in that regard. Um, that's a good one. Maybe like little Carmine, he got annoying. Yeah, and they didn't really write him off. I, I, you know, he was. I, I didn't, eh, didn't really do much for me. Patty Parisi could have gone too. He's a well. The 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 conspiracies that I've read say that if Tony was killed at the end, it was Paulie and Patty teaming up to take him out, and that way they can re-amend their relationship with new york and start from scratch it's i think it's the greatest tv drama ever and I, I might be biased like i said i'd show you guys i'm going to this is my bedroom in my apartment. There it is. You can see back there it's the five of them that's a custom flag that i ordered it's got tony uh big pussy christopher Sil, and Polly. The, in the funeral at the i think it's jackie jr's funeral at the funeral home or in the funeral yard it's a great picture love a great love
1: picture it. a a great p-
0: purchase a great and great you know purchase.
1: what I don't think I don't think I could end a show any other way. 118 of these I've never got to talk about the Sopranos. My editor's not going to be happy. My
0: one of my producers isn't going to be happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. Hey, we got it. In I'm there. glad that I was. I'm glad that we were able to do it. it. It's it's a fantastic, fantastic watch.
1: Well, Jack, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, good luck in continuing to rise through. Uh, you can find us on. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and iHeartRadio, all at Dingo Talk. Um, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. The Instagram is Dingo underscore Talk because somebody had the name before us. I'm Carlo Guadalino, Jack Hillgrove, sports anchor at WTOV Nine in Steubenville. This has been Dingo Talk, and we'll catch you next week, chuckleheads. You
0: You wanna know by now, you wanna know by now, you wanna know, you wanna know